Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the women with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. And today we are celebrating our one-year anniversary since the start of Dear Wallflower. And for that reason, we are so excited to welcome a very special guest to the podcast. Sally Clarkson is a best-selling author of over 20 books, beloved host of the popular At Home with Sally podcast, and a renowned international speaker. Her words and messages have touched millions of women's lives, encouraging them to live into their God-given design. She is a wife and mother of four, as well as an adopted mother to thousands. And I am lucky enough to call her my (laughs) mother-in-law. Mrs. Clarkson, welcome to the show. I am so happy to be with you. You're one of my favorite people in the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) Same to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So to properly celebrate this episode, and because we have Mrs. Clarkson here, we're going to do something just a little bit different. While we normally speak into just one letter, today we're going to read a few short letters that each explore different topics. But before we get into that, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated, and finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Mrs. Clarkson, what was your thorn and what was your rose? Oh my goodness, I had the worst thorn this week. I was, I went to sleep innocently one night on my wonderful pillow. And when I awakened the next morning, I had about 10 huge red bug bites. Ah. And um, I don't know if it was a spider. I mean, these little things are itch and sting and they got bigger. And anyway, that (laughs) it was such a surprise to me. You know, Clay and I have searched our, uh, under our bed, over our bed, everything. But anyway, (laughs) It was kind of one of those things that you hope you're not going to die, but it, it I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm just fine. But it, it was an unexpected thorn, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things I loved this week, I know it's hot in so many places, and we live at 7,200 feet high, and so it's not as hot here as it is some places, but it's been almost 90, um, and we have no air conditioner. No one in our area does. And about, I discovered that at about 5.55, the sun just hits all of these pine trees in the area where we live. So I can walk a full mile in my area in this lovely gentle breeze and shade. And it's just so pretty. Uh, It's been perfect. So it was kind of a highlight of discovery and enjoyment because Mm -hmm. I do to be outside when it's beautiful, but um, I have this little shady path, so it's been fun. That's my rose for the week. 
Beautiful. I know you love your walks. So that sounds <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Jessica, what was this week's thorn in this week's rose for you? Uh, my thorn, like thinking to the language that you use to describe it, like feeling depleted, um, just been tired like yesterday mm-hmm. and today after I think getting to bed a little late on, on Thursday night and just feeling like getting myself to do the next thing or like even trying to take a nap to feel better. And then you feel more groggy. That's kind of been Mm -hmm. a bit of a a day or two for me. So trying to come out of that and uh, move forward. But my rose would be uh, my husband and I got to catch up with the pastor and friend who married us seven years, Mm -hmm. nearly seven years ago. So just really fun to spend some time with um, another beloved person in the world and uh, share life together, share good coffee. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was just really sweet time. Oh, that's lovely. I'm so glad you're, you're still in, um, in contact with that pastor. That's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, my thorn this week was, uh, it started kind of last week. We had this small, leak in the ceiling of our shower. Thankfully it's over the shower. Um, but so it started kind of getting worse and worse this week until it just reached a, a high. And, um, a few days ago, there was like this stream coming out from our ceiling when oh, our no. upstairs neighbor was taking a shower, I guess. Oh, no. And, um, you know, it kind of flooded some of our, uh, some of our bathroom and we had to have a plumber come the next morning and there's a hole in our ceiling right now. (laughs) So that's just a little bit thorny. Um, Mm. and it still Mm. isn't quite solved, but it will be soon. A lot of thorns. (laughs) (laughs) But my rose this week was that we actually, my husband and I took a, a fun, um, unplanned trip to, downtown where we walked around a little bit and we uh, were never in this area. So it was just kind of a fun thing to go and explore it. We walked by uh, Disney concert hall and just a lot of fun mm-hmm. areas. And it was just a, a very an unplanned rose. That was oh. very rosy. Sounds fun. <laughs> All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letters for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right. So as I mentioned, we did get a lot of different letters. And one of the letters, a theme that I saw in a lot of the different letters was um, about having a different or out of the box kid. So our first letter is going to be covering the subject of how to care for different kids and what the road ahead might look like. Dear Wallflower, my sweet 18-month-old has Down syndrome. He is our third son and brings so much joy to our family. We have so many questions about his future. I know this is just the beginning of a lifetime journey of walking by faith while parenting him. While certainly a different diagnosis, I know you have encountered some special needs in your family. I would love some encouragement for the road ahead, signed anonymous. So I think this letter can definitely, a lot of moms out there with different kids can identify with this letter, um, whatever the diagnosis. So Mrs. Clarkson, what are your thoughts for this letter? Well, first of all, what a sweet heart this this woman has. I mean, that she has embraced her her son. And um, I think that sometimes just motherhood is a shock. 
because um, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to leave my child on the weekend. I, I, you know, I had worked for many years in a job Mm -hmm. and then um, I finally, it dawned on me that this was a forever thing. So just going through um, motherhood, whether it's marriage, parenting, whatever, oftentimes we come with expectations of what we think it's going to be like, or the person is going to be like. And I think that I wish I had known earlier that in order to really enjoy my um, out-of-the-box children, family, um, I needed to kind of have radical acceptance mm-hmm. uh, and understand this is a part of my story. It is going to be a part of my story for my whole life. And I need to build my life around habits and rhythms and routines that will help us to flourish as a family. And um, I think that one of the things that I look back and realize is that um, we, Nathan and I wrote the book Different, mm-hmm. the story of an out-of-the-box kid and a mom who loved him. I'm the mom. He's the, he's the kid. <laughs> um, and it was good for us to write his story, but I do have a couple of other kids that also are out-of-the-box in their own way, as well as other family members. And I think that it's really important to remember that love is the foundation for influence, for good influence. And no matter what child you have, um, the accepting them as they are, even looking into their eyes and, and saying, God, give me understanding into what they're like, their personality, what makes them thrive, what causes them uh, difficulty, and becoming kind of a psychiatrist or a psychologist, uh, studying the part of the personality and um, deficiencies or difficulties that you can actually um, add life to and help them with. Um, Another thing in light of accepting a long-term prognosis of, you can call it a prognosis of a personality. I'm pretty sure I was a little bit hard to handle as a child. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think that all uh, women who are giving, 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 need to plan in um, breaks. They need to plan in support systems, rhythms where they can totally refuel. Uh, I know that Nathan had a a friend whose mom just adored him, and she would regularly have times where he could go over to their house and play and and have lots of fun with his uh, dear best friend. And just to have a little bit of a break uh, to be able to sit down with a cup of tea, to be able to read a book, to be able to go on a walk by myself as a as a parent, um, really helped me. And so I think, accept it, it. You know, radical acceptance. It is going to be a long journey, and yet God has chosen you to be the person who um, can handle this journey. You're exactly the mother this child needed, but also for you to last well for a long time, uh, you need to plan in very strategic rhythms and routines that will give you a break so that you can be as fresh as possible to your precious baby and to all your children. Third thing, real quick, is that I would read as much as I possibly could. Uh, The more I read about the issues that my children had, the more I understood their context. Uh, Don't, it's it's so important not to... um, not to correct a child for something that's just an attribute of the issue that they have. Hmm. 
In other words, they are not wrong for being different. Um, we just need to understand their differences in such a way that we can help them move forward. So I hope some of that helps answer the question. I think that's just so incredibly encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, just to, to see herself as someone that God has chosen to be the mother mm -hmm. of this child, that she is the right person to handle the circumstances mm -hmm. in her life. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just so incredibly inspiring and encouraging as, as someone who's walked this road ahead of, mm -hmm. ahead of our letter writer um, and to, you know, kind of allow herself to take the time to refuel herself, but also give her child the context that they need right? and to, to really step into that role of, I will be your caretaker. I am your mother. I'm your, your Which person. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get into our, um, our second letter. I had a few questions about um, femininity. So let's get into kind of the next subject here that we're going to cover. Dear Wallflower, how did she embrace her femininity in marriage in a culture that encourages us not to? Signed, Anonymous. What are your thoughts on this, Mrs. Clarkson? Uh, it, it's really interesting. Actually, when I was driving home, I was listening to a, a biblical view of the body and um, of our interactions with one another. So it's kind of something I've been thinking about. But I think that uh, as I look back on my own life, I I just ended up loving being a woman. I, I realized that women have great potential. They have agency to determine um, what they're going to do, where they're going to go. They have capacity. And um, so as I have grown in my marriage and as I come into marriage, I, I can see that God's handprints are all over my life, that women are called life givers, that they bring civility to all of life, that they can bring um, life to, they can give birth to real human beings, birth them into the world, give life to that, life to education. There's so many things. So I think that um, I never really looked at the culture to determine what I was going to become as a woman. But I studied um, scripture, I read lots of books, I pondered things, I like to think deeply. And um, I just decided that I wanted to be fully woman. I didn't want to be a man. I didn't want to be masculine. I didn't want to be androgynous. <laughs> and, um, and that there's a real joy in living into our capacity as intelligent life givers who can actually... Um, come into marriage in that way. One of my favorite um, verses or passages is um, is really about giving honor to one another. Mm. Uh, I think that sometimes we try to separate our relationship in such a way that uh, we try to define the rules. Well, you know, are you, am I giving more or are you giving more? Um, you know, am I being feminine, masculine or, you know, and um, I realized that one of the ways that I could really grace and bless my family, my husband, my friends, was to become a life giver, to perceive myself as someone who'd bring light and beauty and life and goodness, and that um, I would honor him by loving him, serving him, helping him. And he has the same view of life, that we co-honor one another. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so... 
I have found that being feminine, I you know, I like big earrings and and uh, I'm a southern girl. I like red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just to have fun and enjoy who you are as a woman. Don't look to culture. Live into your capacity uh, as much as you possibly can in every area of your life. Live into your capacity as um, I am so thankful to be a woman. I feel like I have been granted much privilege because not only can I focus on beauty, civility, um, excellence, I think women are great counselors and friends, but I can be intelligent and I can bring all of that into my marriage and become a better partner for being fully alive and fully life-giving um, as I perceive myself to be special because I'm a woman. I mean, you just really have to value who you are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think what strikes me is, you know, you you talk about how marriage is about co-honoring each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much that, you know, one person has to do this or has to be like this um, and the other has to be like this or or live into this role. It sounds like the more that you just embrace your already your your god-given nature who you are and who you are as a woman you will live into the role as a of a of a spouse well mm-hmm. and as long as your husband is doing that as well then he's going to be living into the role of a spouse and it's going to be a life-giving marriage and it's not going to be about well you have to do this and i have to do this mm-hmm. it's about co-honoring each other mm-hmm. and stepping into um you know, your, your role as, as a life giver. I love that word. And I love that. Yeah. There's so many aspects that we can, we not only can we give, we are the unique people who can give life to a real human being. um, Mm -hmm. But we are also able to bring life into so many areas. One other thing I would say is, um, and this has probably nothing to do with the answer to her question, (laughs) but um, I think that sometimes all the romantic movies and all the things that culture tells us, we, we tend to think that somehow our, in our marriage that our husband should make us happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that uh, for, for generations, people had many people to meet their needs. They had grandmothers and cousins and aunts and sisters and friends and community. And now when we're all alone and isolated in our own homes or in our own jobs, sometimes Maybe um, someone walks, the your spouse, your partner will walk in the door and you're going to kind of be, this is what happened to me today. Make me happy. And I, I've realized that a part of me being a life giver and being mature is taking responsibility for my own happiness, mm-hmm. in a sense, to, um, to, for me to say, as an introvert, I'm an introvert, what, what things do I need to have in my life so that I can actually refuel? Um, I love my tea, my music, my I've, I've uh, curated many things that help me to be sustainable. Um, mm. I, I have um, developed friends over years or um, activities. I like to travel. I'll do things that I know will help fill me up so that I'm not coming to my marriage with a big question mark, like, what are you going to give to me today? Or how, how are we doing? Am I giving more than you? Or, you know, are you mm-hmm. being masculine? Or am I being more feminine? No, you're, you're a, a person who can organically cultivate your own self, your own um, life-giving ability, and, um, and know that no one human being is ever going to fulfill all of your needs. And a part of you 
becoming wise is learning how to see what you do need and how to um, put into motion a plan to meet some of those needs so that when you come to your spouse, your partner, when he comes to you, both of you will have, uh, hopefully you can encourage him the same way, um, but you will be a more complete person to bring wholeness to your relationship. But I, I do love being a woman, and I love it more and more and more the older I get. I see the capacity that women have to um, enjoy full lives. Something I love about how you answered this question is that it gives a breadth of like space for various women to live into that in their individual way. You didn't say this is exactly what it looks like to be feminine. You said, you know, we as women live out these broad characteristics and themes that we see in scripture, the way that God has made us. And we each have unique and individual ways of doing that. And in our marriages too, if, if we're married, then um, our husband is going to have different skills and, and gifts Definitely. as well too. And we complement one another. And, and like you're saying, this mutual giving and mutual honoring, I just feel like there's a, like all women listening can really resonate with that. Well, I was really thinking um, last week about the fact that if every single person has unique fingerprints and every single person has unique DNA, and then you add to that their background, their culture, their experiences, there is no one marriage that's alike. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get to live your own story, but also prescriptive answers don't usually satisfy me. I, I need something that's uniquely suited for me and mm -hmm. for my spouse. And um, kind of breaking out of the boxed-in expectations, if I do this, he will do this, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we have great freedom, as you were saying, I like what you were saying, um, to be able to grow into our own uniqueness and affirm what is good for us without having to live up to somebody else's expectations. I think one last thing that really um, struck me that you were talking about is not coming into the marriage going, well, what am I getting out of this? What are you doing for me? But instead coming into it going, what can I give to this person? How can I love them? How can I serve them uniquely with my gifts, with my okay. personality? Um, and finding the ways that to, to not put so much on your spouse to um, fulfill all of these different needs. Mm -hmm. That define your own way to fulfill all of these needs. That's such a good point. No, thanks. Um, it, it works better. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so let's get into our, uh, our third and last letter. And I got quite a few letters about this, and it's about new motherhood. Mm. Dear Wallflower, what is your best advice for a first-time mama? I am due in November. Signed, Anonymous. And I got another letter that was really similar to this where she expressed, you know, she feels like a lot of um, mothering books will talk a lot about kids that are just a little bit older, but she's very much in the trenches of the newborn days. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts for women that, that, are, that have found themselves with a newborn baby and they just don't know where to go, what to do, what they're supposed to, how they're supposed to take care of this little, this little soul that they've been entrusted with? 
Well, I had never changed a diaper when I had my first little girl. <laughs> I didn't really like babysitting. I think I'd done it once or twice in my life. <laughs> had only brothers. Um, but all of a sudden, when this precious little human being was, I, I don't know what I was expecting to pop out, but a baby popped out. <laughs> and when I was looking at her, oh, you know, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is mine. This is my little human being daughter. And um, you know, it's just a miracle. And so if you can really cultivate falling in love with your baby, that really helps. Plan to, to, to attempt to fall in love with your baby. Number two is give yourself grace. Uh, I didn't even know how to hold a baby. I didn't know how to nurse. I'd never known anyone who had nursed. I didn't know. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big change to have a little human being invade your life. Um, and sometimes you will feel such love and sometimes you'll feel so tired that you'll think, <laughs> I, I just was talking with someone recently and she said, I remember the first month my husband was sitting on the floor, I was sitting on the floor, the baby was crying, I was crying and my husband was crying. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was more of a, um, you know, you you are tired, it is new, you want to do your best, but uh, again, you were created to have a baby, to have that baby, to be a life giver. And um, as Kelia knows, uh, my favorite thing in the world is my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I just fell in love with them over years. Was it hard? Did it make me have to grow? Did I have to learn to be unselfish? I thought I was really unselfish until I had children. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I would just say, uh, read as much as you can. But the main thing is know that you have, you're going to grow you're going to do well, you're going to love your baby, you're going to make it. And it is hard, your emotions might be up and down. Um, There are a lot of things for you to learn. But ultimately, you are raising a human being who will be a part of your club, your community forever. And um, you get to enjoy uh, just the, I just had so much pleasure that I would do all of these things with my children and then they would just blossom. Mm -hmm. I was just reading the other day that um, when you kiss a a child's head, this is a good thing to know. When you kiss the the child's head, it's more inclined to to learning and being intelligent. Um, When you smile smile with your eyes, eye contact is very important. Um, The the child has the ability to have a bigger vocabulary. Isn't that interesting? So all the ways that uh, you have permission to kiss, to hug, to tickle, to enjoy, to rock, to sing, and it will bring out a deep part of your design that you never thought about. Hmm. Give yourself grace um, because none of us is perfect. We have to learn as we go. Take um, advice from people that you see having a good relationship with their children, but just give yourself time to grow into motherhood and know that it is tiring for almost every mother I've ever met, but you will not die. You will stay alive. (laughs) (laughs) What I, what I hear you saying is, yes, it's scary as a first time mom, especially if you, Yeah. yeah, especially if you didn't grow up taking care of little siblings, um, being around babies, but when you have that baby in your arms, it's like this hidden knowledge that you didn't even know you had is it's going so to come true. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I never knew that I would write books about motherhood. I never even thought about motherhood. <laughs> and I love I love it now. I mean, it's just been, uh, 
a great um, awakening for me. And um, just just give yourself time and don't condemn yourself if you aren't perfect, because you never will be. <laughs> were there any pieces of advice that you remember receiving from other people that when you were a new mom that have really stuck with you and carried you through over the years? Do you know, I didn't have a lot of great um, examples and mm. I didn't, I, it just wasn't something I thought about a lot, but um, I do think that just the whole biblical concept of, I would, I would watch how Jesus influenced his disciples. He gave words of love. You know, Peter, you're the, you're the rock and um, no one will ever forget what this woman has done. And um, so I think that just the whole idea of loving with words, um, loving with time, um, uh, being a joyful person, um, you know, choosing to be content and to give your children uh, a sense of security, knowing that they have a happy mother in their home. Mm. Um, I know that's a funny thing, but I realized that, uh, again, I was reading this article this week, and they said that when a mother's eyes were angry or disappointed, the child's hormones um, began having uh, terrible hormones, and mm. they became more angry. And they became more difficult to manage. But when a mom can cultivate and practice loving and affirming and choosing to be joyful, not worrying about the messes, they'll, they come and go. <laughs> they'll always be there. But really focusing on the relationship. And babies are made to thrive when they are loved and when they are held and when they are embraced and attached. Mm -hmm. So... Um, just do a lot of kissing if you make a mistake. <laughs> well, thank you for um, speaking into these various topics. I know that our listeners are going to get so much from it. You're so and sweet. Thank you for having me. I feel very honored and like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be on my daughter-in-law's podcast. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real privilege. <laughs> Well, it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Mm -hmm. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So, Mrs. Clarkson, what's your suggestion this week? I have an odd suggestion for a book. It's um, a book that probably many people have read, but sometimes I like to just not know the end of the story and not read the book that everybody else tells me. And this is, <laughs> I kind of, after a lot of the things that are in the news, just needed an adventure. And um, I, I love the book, Boys in the Boat. Hmm. The Boys in the Boat. Um, it, it kind of is around the time of World War II. And it's just kind of a, um, it's an unusual book for me to be reading, but it, it's really a rousing, interesting, fun, kind of a heroic ending, you know, the kind of thing that you can, I shouldn't have told you that, but the end, <laughs> <laughs> just go until the end. <laughs> but it was it was about a time period I didn't know much about, and um, and it's about um, it's about rowers, people who row boats um, mm. in, in mm. Olympics. Cool. And uh, since I live in England um, half the half the year, I would I would pass these people now that I've read the book. And I would pass them and think about my story, and it was really fun. So it's a fun, adventure, um, interesting book. Okay, that sounds very fun. <laughs> Jessica, what is your suggestion? 
uh, this week, because of the timing of this podcast coming out, I'm going to suggest some pumpkin recipes that I have <laughs> on my blog, This Real Journey. So one is a pumpkin spice oatmeal and the other is a harvest loaf. So the first is a super quick and easy breakfast that just feels like a treat because it's pumpkin spice. And then the other is um, like a pumpkin bread that is lovely for, you know, a morning or afternoon or a weekend tea time treat. And uh, admittedly, I have not made these yet this particular season because we're just about into fall and I'm waiting, but I'm very excited and anticipating the opportunity to bake and use pumpkin. Mm, I can't Um, wait. Yes, I can't wait either. Well, this week I'm suggesting a a kind of tinted lip balm. It's a Burt's Bees Lip Shimmer, which Mm. is kind of a cross between lipstick and lip balm. I like using it in the shade Fig. But it's just a really really beautiful color, but it comes in a lot of shades, which is a nice thing about it. But I just love the way it feels. It's very moisturizing. It gives a lot of color. Um, It feels kind of minty when you put it on, which makes you feel very alert and fresh. So if you're looking for something kind of new to get you in the mood for fall, I would suggest Burt's Bees Lip Shimmer. All right, to wrap up this episode, before we go, Mrs. Clarkson, if there happens to be any listener who is not yet familiar with you, <laughs> how can they find you and check out what you are up to? Uh, everything I do is on sallyclarkson.com, S-A-L-L-Y, Clarkson. Um, and I love, uh, I really enjoy doing podcasts. So my podcast is At Home with Sally. And um, right. so you can find me those two places. Incredible. And once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. It's such an honor to have you on. Oh, and thank you so much. I do, It was really fun. I enjoy being with you all. We should all get together for a tea party. I know. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Sure. Listeners who have been around for a while may recall the business I started in the spring, Eden and Me. I am now writing a weekly blog post there at edenandme.com. Listeners can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.